0: Oh my god. A very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia. As always, it is a great joy to be here with you on these Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, sharing the joy of our faith, the joy of the gospel. I pray you're having a blessed, happy, and holy January 19th, 2020. Lovely day outside today if you're here on the East Coast. But of course, now we're not limited to just our little local listening area, uh, because we go around the world with all this technology. So wherever you are, I pray, it's a pleasant day. It is the day the Lord has made, so let us rejoice and be glad in it. He gives us another day. The world has gone crazy, though, I think. <laughs> oh, my. Have you seen the, the the things that are happening in Europe with all these restrictions and people are in the streets uh, protesting the mandates? It is rather, rather scary. Uh, upsetting, certainly. Uh, but... Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Jesus is in charge. He's in control. No no worries. Today, over in Rome, as a matter of fact, um, our Holy Father gave his uh, general audience, and he talked about confession. Uh, His theme was basically, God is not afraid of our sins. So some uh, lovely teaching by Pope Francis on uh, repentance and confession. And then today's Gospel, where Jesus cures the man with the withered hand, um there's a lovely reflection I want to share some of it with you in In Conversation with God, which, you know, I, I love this series. Um, and he talks about practicing faith in ordinary things. You know, so many times our faith can be tested in the course of our life. And faith takes practice, doesn't it? It really does. But uh, Father Fernandez, in this lovely reflection that I'll share with you, gives us some great thoughts and insight. So I hope you can stay with me for the next hour. Before we do anything else, though, as always, we pray, and we're praying this beautiful prayer of consecration to the Holy Family of Nazareth. So I invite you to raise up your families as I raise up mine and uh, consecrate our families to the Holy Family of Nazareth. You know, Every morning at breakfast, I have this beautiful little prayer card I don't know where I got it from. It's a little prayer booklet for fathers, and it's at I keep it at my breakfast place <laughs> so I don't forget to pray it as best I can every day uh, in the morning first thing, uh, a father's prayer for his family. And, you know, as a father, husband, father, as head of the family. And my family is, you know, I have our youngest son and his lovely wife are out in northern Michigan. Our daughter is in New York City. Our our son and his wife and our three grandchildren are up in uh, Huntington County. Um, So, and, you know, they're living their lives as they should. They're grown up, adults. And sometimes Cheryl and I will just, you know, we'll see each other at the end of our work days and say, did you hear from anybody today? Uh, But, you know, I always feel close to them first thing in the morning because I pray for them. And uh, we need to take our families. The the basic cell of society as we shared with you yesterday from St. Pope John Paul II's beautiful apostolic exhortation, Familiaris Consortio, on the family. uh, How important, strong, strong family is. and, And they're the building blocks of society, really. The basic cell. And so... When family, as it is today, is uh, under such horrible attack and enormous division, you know, I shared with you yesterday the word "diabolical," as Bishop Sheen taught us once. Uh, you know, it comes from uh, two Greek words, dia and bien, or I can't think of the Greek word for it, but it means to separate, to scatter, to divide. And the devil loves to, s- to scatter and divide families. So let's take our family unit. Beautiful, basic cell of society, our domestic church, and raise it now in consecration to the Holy Family of Nazareth. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Lord Jesus, you lived in the home of Mary and Joseph in Nazareth. There you grew in age, wisdom, and grace as you prepared to fulfill your mission as our Redeemer. We entrust our family to you. O Blessed Mary, you are the mother of our Savior, at Nazareth you cared for Jesus and nurtured him in the peace and joy of your home. We entrust our family to you. O Saint Joseph, you provided a secure and loving home for Jesus and Mary and gave us a model of fatherhood while showing us the dignity of work. We entrust our family to you. Holy Family, we consecrate ourselves and our family to you. May we be completely united in the love uh, in a love that is lasting faithful, and open to the gift of new life. Help us to grow in virtue, to forgive one another from our hearts, and to live in peace all our days. Keep us strong in faith, persevering in prayer, diligent in our work, and generous toward those in need. May our home, O Holy Family, truly become a domestic church where we reflect your example in our daily life. Amen. And our prayers to Saint Michael and Our Lady, as Holy Father asks us to pray these prayers every day to protect the Church from the attacks of the Devil, and we've added to that the intention to protect our families, our homes, and our country from the attacks of the Devil. And so we pray Saint Michael the Archangel defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the Devil. May God rebuke him. We humbly pray, and do Thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, Pray for us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit amen well again my brothers and sisters I thank you so much for praying together and as always thank you for uh, sending your prayer requests to us and for your support Um, it means so much to us because it allows us as I share with you all the time uh, to just bring the light of Christ out into a world that is so enveloped in the darkness of sin in the darkness of fear In the darkness of anxiety, in the darkness of confusion, in the darkness of this pandemic, whatever that might be, Uh, and as I said, I I was watching news clips last night of these massive demonstrations throughout Europe, major cities, Rome, Paris, uh, all over Europe, uh, the the, the various Austria, very, very. I think there was a vote today, and maybe by now it has been they've been voted on about uh, these vaccine mandates that will put enormous. Um, penalties and restrictions on the unvaccinated. It's pretty frightening at this point, uh, especially considering that uh, all the data, all the science, the CDC, and all the powers that be uh, readily acknowledge that if you are fully vaccinated, two jabs and a booster, you still can get this Omicron virus and still spread it and still carry it. And um, so what does having a vaccine have to do with anything at this point uh, regarding these restrictions? None of it makes any sense anymore. But again, we know who the father of confusion and who the father of lies is. So all we say is, and I've been saying this all along, if you feel you need the vaccination and you feel that you are uh, whatever your medical situation is between you and your doctor, whatever it is, you know, go ahead, I'm not, nobody's judging that. But these these mandates Pretty frightening, uh, because of the penalties that they're beginning to um, invoke on people who are unvaccinated, locked, keeping them in their houses, and and so we have to pray this thing away. Just pray it away. I'm talking about the pandemic. Pray it away. Get it out of here, Lord. We pray, and maybe this is a scourge on in the world, on the world for all the unfaithfulness. I don't know. I don't know anymore. It's very confusing. All I know is this: we are here at Domestic Church Media. To bring you the hope that is Jesus Christ, the light of Christ, into your life, whatever that might be. And We're all surrounded with all kinds of stuff. But if you have Jesus, as he said, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Stay close to the Lord. The Lord will take care of his own. Trust me, you know that. And that's what I'm hoping that we bring to you. And that's why I thank you for your support, your prayers. Uh, and I just want to kind of give you a, a way heads up at this point, because we're still talking three months from now. Um, but is it three months? Let's see. February, March. April. Yeah, three months. Um, April 6th, 7th, and 8th. April 6th, 7th, and 8th is our annual Spring Radiothon. So I'm getting it out there. Start praying about this. You know, I always ask the, the good parishes, the good pastors, even our bishops uh, who listen, who whose diocese we serve, if there's anything you can do to prepare for that, to help us so that at the time of our Radiothon, a generous donation toward this work, which is so important these days. You know, and if it takes a second collection just for, the, for your Catholic radio station, and of course all, all of you who listen, who aren't in our radio station listening area, but listen online, listen uh, on the mobile app, listen on uh, the Amazon or, or Google devices or, or watch on YouTube, we need to have this voice that domestic church media is proclaiming jesus christ proclaiming all that he brings to the world and it's so important these days because people are afraid people are frightened Uh, people are confused people are divided you know one thing we must never do is judge as i just said you know listen if if anybody said to me on a personal basis that they you know they're I'm just having this conversation with friends of mine there's a group of of us from high school who went to St. Peter's High School back in, we graduated in 1973, so the early 1970s. Uh, About 10, 12 of us, still very good friends, had been friends, we were friends even before high school, because in those days, you know, we went to the grammar school up in New Brunswick, most of us, Uh, and and so we've known each other for years and years and years. Still get together every now and then. Uh, At least once a year, we try. Uh, And the most recent one is coming up this weekend, but it was originally scheduled to meet at a restaurant in the area, you know, that was convenient to everybody. And some of the people just aren't comfortable with that yet, you know, meeting in person. So we have the Zoom thing, and the thing is, don't judge. If if, if that's if that's where you are, if that's your comfort level, if you feel that you're you you need your full vaccination and booster and wear your mask, and that's your comfort level. My goodness, please, that's that's you, that's your choice, and I would defend to the death your right to have that choice. But the the opposite is true for people who say, you know what. Uh, I'm uh, naturally immune, I, I don't need the vaccine, my doctor said I don't need the vaccine, and I'm done. I'm, I, I, you know, I, I take the precautions when required and all those things. You can't judge those people either. It, it works both ways. Um, and the problem is, it's not working both ways. There's just too much division. There's too much anger uh, t- toward people of different thought and, and ideology and, and, and belief and you know here we are in the week of Christian unity it's nothing to do with the pandemic but you know we've been praying since Leo the 13th initiated this we, this prayer for unification of our church and when our lord uh, founded his church he didn't intend to have uh, you know 35,000 denominations beyond, beyond his own church which is what you know the catholic church is not a denomination we didn't denominate from anything we're the one true church founded by christ all the other christian sects and and, and uh you know, that are out there, they're, they all denominated from the main church. That is the Catholic Church. We want everybody to be one. Imagine if we had one Catholic Church and there were no other. Everybody who called themselves a Christian was a Catholic. Imagine the difference in the world. But see, the devil loves to divide. And that's what he did. <laughs> and has been doing for five, 600 years from now, after the, the, the Reformation. He loves to divide because it splinters, it splits. So we have to pray for, yes, Christian unity. We have to pray for family unity, for church unity. We are all brothers and sisters in the Lord. Even if you're not a Christian, you're our brother or sister. And we must live that. And of course... From where we, our vantage point as Catholics, our approach to anyone should always be, look what we have, and we want you to have it too. It's not, look what we have, and there's something wrong with you. (laughs) Look what we have, and we have the fullness of all truth. And we want you to have that too, so let me tell you about it. See how I try to live it. You know, And, and share it that way. It's so important. So thank you all for all you do for us, for your prayers, for your support. And uh, keep those dates on your calendar, April 6th, 7th, and 8th, Radiothon 2022. And our theme this year is We Are One Body. That's our theme this year. So, All right, let's go to Holy Father over in Rome this morning. And uh, he encouraged people to encounter God's mercy in the sacrament of confession. Remember back in, it was 2015, he had a, a, an extraordinary jubilee year of mercy. Remember that? He's been teaching very heavily throughout his pontificate about the importance of, of accepting God's mercy. And he said that... The tender forgiveness of God is greater than the ugliest sin. God is not afraid of our sins, Pope Francis said this morning. He is greater than our sins. God always forgives. Put this in your head and heart. God always forgives. We are the ones who get tired of asking for forgiveness. Of course, the devil will try to tempt us away from that sacrament, won't he? The devil will try to convince us we don't need it. Why should I confess my sins to a man? God knows my heart. Or the devil may say the priest is going to yell at you, give you a hard time. The devil may try to convince you that you don't have the time for confession. You don't need confession. Confession. You know, he'll try to pull us away from God's mercy. And, and and we are the ones, sometimes even, who get tired of asking for forgiveness. Maybe we're committing an habitual sin, and we go and confess it. We make amends. We, we go and, and with a contrite heart and a firm purpose of amendment, which is necessary for that ab- forgiveness. I will not do this again to the best of my ability. I have no intention of ever doing this again, but we go out and ah, our human nature, our weakness, we fall, we commit it again. And we do that and we may convince ourselves, well, I, I can't keep going back and confessing the same sin. It's ridiculous. <laughs> That's what the devil wants you to think. But Holy Father said, it's not the Lord who gets tired of forgiving. It's we who get tired of asking for forgiveness. But the Lord always forgives, Pope Francis said, even the ugliest things. And teaching about God's tenderness and mercy, the Holy Father said that the things of God always reach through the mediation of of human experiences. He said, tenderness is the best way to touch what is fragile in us. And I like this next analogy he uses, and those of you who are in the medical field, He said, look how nurses touch the wounds of the sick with tenderness so as not to hurt them more. And so the Lord touches our wounds, the wounds of our sin, with the same tenderness. This is why it is so important, Pope Francis said, to encounter God's mercy, especially in the sacrament of reconciliation, in personal prayer with God, having an experience of truth and tenderness. The Holy Father said that God's tenderness is greater than the logic of the world and can be an unexpected way of doing justice. You know, the older I get, the more frequent I like to go to confession. More frequently, I like to go to confession. Because the older you get, you never know when the lord is going to say okay that's it time to come home come on up <laughs> hopefully he says up <laughs> and you want to be ready for that not only that but what a wonderful joy it is to know that you're in the state of grace in in this beautiful friendship with god and you 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 take advantage of the opportunity that the lord himself instituted for us in the Sacrament of Reconciliation so that we have that opportunity on a regular and frequent basis to go to make that wonderful uh, examination of conscience, to see where we have failed, and then to go to Jesus himself, because Father in the confessional is in persona Christi. He's there in the person of Christ. To go to Christ himself and to pour out our heart and express our contrition and a, and a, a purpose a firm purpose of amendment and to feel that wonderful release of the weights and bonds of sin through absolution those words that we hear i absolve you from your sin in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit it's christ himself speaking to us not father it's jesus himself speaking to us i absolve you from your sins, and we make and do the penance that we're given, you know sometimes you get pretty light penances, sometimes you get some pretty heavy penances. I remember one of my favorite confessions <laughs> only because from a personal uh, from a personal viewpoint, we were up in Montreal on vacation one summer many years ago, and I said to Cheryl, i said i this was Saturday we were in um the uh, St. Joseph Oratory up in Montreal, and I said, I'd like to go to confession. And I'm looking around, and the only confession on it, a confessional, said French, French-speaking. I couldn't find an English-speaking confessional. So I, I don't speak French, but I thought the Lord knows what I'm saying. <laughs> the priest may not, but Jesus knows. And I went into the confessional, and I said, uh, Father, I, I don't speak French. And then I hear on the other side of the, the Glenland, it's okay, go ahead. <laughs> Maurice Trevalier is on the next other side of it. But it's, uh, and I, I don't think he understood what I was saying, but then I heard him absolve me. That. But, you know, what a great gift from the Lord, right, to be able to have that opportunity to feel the tenderness and mercy of God, to experience that in a way and then to receive that outpouring of, of sanctifying grace. You know, and you know, we don't we don't just go to confession only in the state of mortal sin. We should go you know regularly. Uh, the I think I remember hearing Father Wade Menezes the, uh, the father of mercy saying at least once a month is a good a good way to you know, good habit to get into. Because we're not perfect. We sin. We you know, we we sin in in in, in sins of commission and sins of omission in our words, and in our thoughts, in our deeds. And that's why an examination of conscience is so important. But as Holy Father said this morning over in Rome, that God's tenderness, the tenderness of our Father, without this revolution of tenderness, we risk remaining imprisoned in a justice that does not allow us to get up easily and that confuses redemption with punishment. And he said, "For this reason, uh, I, I want to remember in a special way our brothers and sisters who are in prison. You know, our Lord told us to visit the prisoners, and we know we're very blessed here at Domestic Church Media because we, we know we have many friends uh, in prison listening to this radio station. And this what because of your support and your prayers and allowing us to be here and broadcast." Um, we are allowing, you are allowing, the Lord is allowing us through this apostolate to even pierce prison walls. Not us, but the Holy Spirit. These are men and women who uh, have done something that has uh, required them to be imprisoned. There is a punishment. There is is always consequence to sin. Actions have consequences. And so we have a a system that uh, requires that... uh, through trial and judgment, that uh, individuals be imprisoned for a certain amount of time for what they have done, but it's not the prison of hell. It's 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 a prison that where where many people in that in, in prison they they convert, <laughs> they become a new man, a new woman, and repent and feel the tender mercy of God. And Holy Father said, it's right that those who have made a mistake pay for their mistake, but it's equally right that those who have made a mistake can redeem themselves from their mistake. There can be no condemnation without windows of hope. Let us think of our brothers and sisters in prison, Pope Francis said today, "and and we think of God's tenderness for them and we pray for them so that they may find in that window of hope a way out towards a better life. And you know when we think about those uh, men and women who are imprisoned and the things that we can do for them, and the things that uh, through our own prayer, or if we're able to, and we know that there are prison ministries out there to visit them, um, it's a it's a a an exhortation by the Lord himself, you know. Matthew 25. Well, Lord, when did we see you in prison and visit you? Well, when you did this to one of the least of mine, you did it for me. You know, I, I and there are many people out there who have this wonderful charisma of uh, uh, and grace to be able to visit the prisoners and comfort them and and uh, you know, not everybody has it. It's not always not always uh, something that everybody can, a charism that everybody possesses, but some people have wonderful charisms to go visit the prisoners. And um, he, the Holy Father went on uh, dedicating this week's general audience to reflection on the Saint Joseph, and he's continuing his catechesis on Saint Joseph, as a father of tenderness. And he uh, reflected on a Bible verse from the book of Hosea, 11, chapter, uh, chapter 11, verses 3 to 4, He taught him to walk, taking him by the hand. He was for him like a father who raises an infant to his cheeks, bending down to him and feeding him. It's beautiful, this description from the Bible that shows God's relationship with the people of Israel. And it's the same relationship we believe St. Joseph had with Jesus. And he continued with this prayer to St. Joseph that I'll end our time with before we break here. Pope Francis prayed this morning. St. Joseph, Father of tenderness, teach us to accept that we are loved precisely in that which is weakest in us. Grant that we may place no obstacle between our poverty and the greatness of God's love. Stir in us the desire to approach the sacrament of reconciliation, that we may be forgiven and also made capable of loving tenderly our brothers and sisters in their poverty, Be close to those who have done wrong and are paying the price for it. Help them to find not only justice, but also tenderness, so that they can start again. And teach them that the first way to begin again is sincerely to ask for forgiveness, to feel the Father's caress. Amen. Beautiful prayer by Pope Francis to St. Joseph. You know, there's that wonderful uh, um, verse in Scripture that says that He will wipe away every tear. And you know, I always think of a a father with a child who's hurt, you know, has a boo-boo in some way or another, and you, father, just wiping away the tears from the face of the child. And the same thing happens with us. You know, we can find ourselves in tears over certain situations, over certain circumstances, over certain disappointments or frustrations and we go to the lord and you can almost feel his hand wiping the tears from our face saying don't don't be upset i i'm i'm with you and i know what you're going through and i love you more than you'll ever understand in this world and i will take care of you so even in our sins my brothers and sisters even in our failings you know i've been recently a lot uh Past few days, anyway, uh, reflecting on the father in this, the parable of the prodigal son. How that father could have gotten very angry and disowned his son and said, Okay, I've had it. Here's your money. Go. Go on. Get out of here. I don't want to ever see you again. But he didn't. He, I, I always imagine that ever, from the first day when that son went out on his own before the sun set or as the sun was setting, that father stood looking out over the horizon, praying and hoping and waiting for that son to return. And I know that that's what our Heavenly Father does with each and every one of us in our own failings, in our own sin. He's waiting for us and looking out and rejoicing when we return. So you stay where you are. I'll take a quick break, and uh, when I come back, we're going to go to In Conversation with God with a beautiful little reflection on today's gospel. So don't go away, my friends. There's more to come. I'll be right back. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. God created each one of us. But He had in mind, regardless of how we look from childhood to old age, we change physically, but we don't change in His mind, see? Why? Because God has a specific degree of union with Him, holiness, we call it, for every one of you. And it's all different. See, we're all different. and We are called to be different because it glorifies God. He just doesn't make robots. Now, why you say, well, why are some holier than others? Well, that's your fault. (laughs) That's not his fault. If we accept the good, the bad, and indifferent of every day, every day, we'll all be holy in a different way. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Man who's free to love is free to hate. He who is free to obey is free to rebel. Virtue in this concrete order is possible only in those spheres in which it is possible to be vicious. A man can be a saint only in a church in which it is possible to be a devil. You say, well, if I were God, I would destroy evil. Well, if you did that, you would destroy human freedom. God will not destroy freedom if we do not want any dictators on this earth certainly we do not want any dictators in the kingdom of heaven. And those, therefore, who would blame God for allowing man freedom to go on hindering and thwarting his work are like those who, seeing blots and smudges and errors in a student's notebook, would condemn the teacher for not snatching away the book and doing the copy himself. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Teresa Tamio. Every time I go to Mass and see my husband serving on the altar as a deacon, it hits me how, with God, all things are possible. I mean, there is no way that we should be still married, number one, based on all the problems we had. But number two, the fact that I'm in Catholic media and my husband is a deacon is simply a testimony to the power of God and the teachings of the Church that saved our marriage and, more importantly, our souls. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio heard right here on Domestic Church Media weeknights at 5. Pope Francis reminds us that it does not take a specialized degree in theology to become a great evangelist. We're all called to evangelize. Think about the woman at the well. After she encountered Jesus, she immediately went into the city and invited others to meet him as she had. You and I can go out now and do the same. And St. Paul Street Evangelization can help. Get involved today by contacting us at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. My family left the church because of a, a, a very negative experience with a specific priest, and that took my whole family away from going to church for a long period of time. There were other Catholic churches, and there were great Catholic churches and great priests, but we stopped because of that one specific instance. And in a way, I was, I was cheated out a big part of my journey in my life uh, because we weren't in the church. In life, it seems like we're always enslaved to something. And I think that's that's basically where, what our culture is all about right now is we are, we are enslaved to power or to greed or to wealth or to lust, but there's a true freedom to not be enslaved but to attach ourselves to God and to be free. My involvement in the church, my relationship with God is who I am. It, it's what gives me my identity. Thank God I'm home. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Bishop Robert Barron. Tolkien has reached out to, you know, Nordic culture and literature and Icelandic sagas and all sorts of things. He learned a lot about the good, the true and the beautiful from his study of pre-Christian cultures. He used narrative forms that were accessible to the culture. He adapted that to evangelical purposes. So that shows you that flexibility. It shows you a certain um, creativity in the evangelical uh, art. He did not proselytize Rather, he very delicately and indirectly and cleverly evangelized through the imagination so that someone taking in these great stories of Tolkien or his friend C.S. Lewis, they're going to say, oh yeah, I get that. I recognize that pattern. So that finally when they hear the gospel, they'll say, yeah, I understand that. I learned that from the Lord of the Rings. I learned that pattern from the Narnia stories. That was the genius of those fellows. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. Welcome back on this lovely January 19th. Uh, you know, coming up Friday, uh, day after tomorrow, of course, is the March for Life in Washington, D.C. And uh, we'll be bringing you full live coverage throughout the day, uh, beginning, I believe, at 7.30 in the morning with the uh, mass from uh, Washington, and then just ew Chen takes over for the rest of the day. Now, we will be with you at 4 uh, o'clock um for uh, Friday Live, is everything will be over by then. But from about 7.30 until then, we'll bring you the March for Life live from Washington, D.C., uh, through our affiliation with EWTN. So we'll look forward to uh, that, and uh, happy that we can be an honored affiliate of EWTN, our good friends down there at the network. Um, so that's this Friday. And maybe many of you are going. Uh, I know there have been some buses that have been canceled. I got to tell you, the one thing I get very disappointed with every Year at this time, I know there are events taking place, whether they be buses and uh, going down to Washington or special masses or holy hours taking place up here. Um, we would love to announce all that and, and get people excited about, it, but nobody, nobody tells me, <laughs> nobody lets me know what's going on, and I can't, you know, I can't go out and solicit because it's just to me. That's all, just to me, <laughs> and I'm a getting old getting old and getting old um so anyway let's pray for that uh, again for how many since 19 so this will be the 49 years 49 years that that decision came down in 1973 49 years ago wow and all the innocent blood on this country uh through the massacre of those children those unborn children um very, very sad. And then we look at where we are today and you wonder why, right? Someone sent me an email earlier today. I don't think I have it in front of me because I won't spend a lot of time on it. But, um, it was, uh, a recent study with the Gen Xers, which I guess are, uh, individuals who are between eight, 18 and listen, pull it up real quick. Is it here in front of me. Uh, Uh, let's see. Yeah, here it is. This is from the Gen, I'm sorry, Gen Z, Gen Generation Z. And these are individuals who are between 13 and 25. Uh, they did a survey on uh, their feelings about their lives and their religious beliefs. About the same number of young people will become more religious in 2022 as those who became less religious. So, it, it, it just you know, and if we're not if we're not passing on the faith effectively, now here's a group you know, they're, they're, they say 13 to 25, very impressionable uh, and looking for something, looking for something. You know, we're all created by Almighty God with an innate desire for him. Everybody, every single person created with that innate desire for God. The problem is, people who don't know God, people who are not aware of God, people who have not been uh, taught the faith, they have that burning desire for something it's God, of course, but they don't know because they don't know who God is. So they try to fill it with other things. We have a you -- know, I, I always say our dear, dear spiritual patron Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen here at domestic church media, you know in the end of his life he was uh, involved in the propagation of the faith. missions. He loved the missions. And I always say if he, if he were alive today, he would say the, the ripest mission fields today are right here in this country and Western Europe, the ripest mission fields. So that's our responsibility here, to to proclaim the joy of the gospel, to proclaim the good news. Okay, so where are we then? Um, Oh, I'm going to go. Let let me first read today's gospel. Uh, This is from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus entered the synagogue There was a man there who had a withered hand. They watched Jesus closely to see if he would cure him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. He said to the man with the withered hand, Come up here before us. Then he said to the Pharisees, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath rather than to do evil? To save life rather than to destroy it? But they remained silent looking around at them with anger and grieved at their hardness of heart jesus said to the man stretch out your hand he stretched out it stretched it out and his hand was restored the pharisees went about and immediately took counsel with the herodians against him to put him to death the gospel of the lord praise to you lord jesus christ well in today's reading from uh, In Conversation with God by Father Fernandez, this wonderful series. I talk about it often, and if you don't have it, it's worth—it costs about 100 bucks, but it's a multi- multiple-volume series uh, for every day of the year, readings and special days, feast days and things. And— he, Father Fernandez, says, you can tell as you read these reflections, so divinely inspired, really. Um, Father Fernandez wrote, That handicapped man, sitting out in front of everyone, is filled with trust in Jesus. His faith manifests itself in obeying our Lord and in carrying out what, from long experience, He knows he has been unable to do till then. Here's a man with a withered hand. What did Jesus say? Stretch out your hand. And the man, you think he would say, I can't do that. (laughs) I haven't, haven't been able to do that for years. But he trusts in our Lord, and he disregards his chronic condition, Father Fernandez writes, and that makes the miracle possible. He does what our Lord asks without questioning because he trusts, he believes, he has faith. All things are possible to Jesus. Now, how many of us today need to hear this reiterated in our life? I do. How about you? All things are possible to Jesus. I was praying a prayer earlier today in the chapel. Lord, in our situation right now, we are in a situation that just seems impossible. But I said to him, I said to the Lord, I'm sitting there, I say, I know it's not impossible for you. All things are possible to Jesus. And Father Fernandez writes, faith enables us to reach targets we had always thought beyond us. To solve intractable problems perhaps of a personal nature or perhaps connected with some apostolic task that we had always thought to be insoluble. It enables us to get rid of firmly rooted defects in our own character. The man's life was to take a whole new direction after the small effort Christ required of him. This is what he asks of us, too, in the most normal matters of our daily life. Today we must consider how a Christian in his ordinary daily life, that's you and me in our ordinary daily lives, in the simplest details, can put faith, hope, and charity into practice. There lies the essence of the conduct of a man who relies on divine help. How can you, in our ordinary daily life, how can I, in my ordinary daily life, in the simplest details, put faith, hope, and charity into practice. We need our Lord's help if we are to get rid of our incapability. Most of you know our story here at the Apostolate. In fact, I understand that on Monday, on said, Williams repeated uh, the program uh, that Cheryl and I were her guests that we recorded when we were down at EWTN almost two years ago. And we tell the story of the apostolate. I, from the very beginning, just took my lead from Mother Angelica to just have faith and trust. If this is what the Lord wants and He's asking you to do it, even though it looks impossible, even though you don't seem to even have the ways or means to do it, just do it. The Lord will see you through. I, I, I say, I've said that to you, and I say that in public whenever I talk to people or people ask questions about domestic church media now in our, what are we coming up, our 19th year Twenty years ago, in, in, in 2002, was when I first received, as Cheryl and I first received, our Christmas greeting from our dear friend of happy memory, Father Andrew Apostoli, with a card praying for the uh, beatification of Archbishop Sheen and also a card praying for his intercession. And that began, I believe, the desire and place the desire on my heart by the lord himself to do what we what he has done through us to this very day i didn't have a whole uh, you know business plan written up and uh, you know a uh, board of directors you 10 or 12 people and, and all this uh, i had nothing but what i believed was a, a divine inspiration from almighty god to, this is what i would like you to do it seems impossible. How is it possible? To just, and it was, that was Christmas of 2002, and I believe it was, uh, you know, uh, just a couple years later, when out of the blue, I just in my, around this time of year, maybe February, winter time, called the owners of WBUD, 1260 AM, and said, Is that station for a rent or sale? And the person said, Well, it's funny you should call me because just yesterday we decided to put it on the market. Well it's not funny. It's no coincidence. It's providential. And, you know, as you know, one thing led to another and another Here we are. Mother Angelica, same thing, six hundred bucks in her pocket? If that <laughs> and ordered thousands of dollars worth of television equipment because she believed the Lord wanted her to do that and he would provide. And he did, obviously. So this is what Father Fernandez is saying. We need our Lord's help if we're to get rid of our incapability. And I love this. Faith is something we have to practice. It should shape all our decisions, big or small. At the same time, it will usually show in the way we undertake our ordinary daily duties. It is not enough for us to give assent to the great truths of the creed to have good formation. We need, beside this, to live our faith, to put it into practice. It should give birth to a life of faith, which should be both the fruit and the manifestation of what we believe. God asks us to serve him With the whole of our life, with deeds, with all the strength of our body and soul, faith is something related to life, to normal everyday life. With it, human existence itself appears as an unfolding of the faith. As we live in accordance with our beliefs and with what we know is God's will for each one of us, do we live a life of faith? Does our faith have a truly significant bearing on our behavior, on the decisions we make? Does it? (laughs) You know, think again. Think about how we live our lives. And, And I'm sure I can bet my bottom dollar that every single person listening right now, watching on our YouTube channel, every single one of us has a prayer. We're praying that we're just saying, Lord, Please, 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 and in some cases, and probably in most cases, seems most impossible. But Lord, if it be your will, please help me on this one. And we have to believe that, as we said earlier, as Father Fernandez writes, as the angel told Mary, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. Nothing. Never put limits on God's power or ability. (laughs) God can do all things. And sometimes the prayers we pray for things that seem most impossible are the ones he tells us and asks us to wait. Just wait. Just wait a little longer. Be patient, my child. I got you on this one. <laughs> Don't fret. Don't be afraid. When we have that kind of a relationship with the Lord, a regular, constant one on one in the course of our daily life, whatever that might be, we should be. You know, our formal prayer is great, Mass is the ultimate. Receiving the Eucharist, the ultimate. But outside of Mass, outside of our formal prayer that we pray, our rosary, our chaplet, our uh, liturgy of the hours, just a one-on-one conversation with God to keep in communication with Him. He knows our heart. He loves each and every one of us as if we were the only creature ever created. He knows your pain. He knows your desires. He knows your needs. He knows your discouragements. He knows your sadness. And Jesus, who was truly man, truly God, truly man, was like us in all things except sin. So he felt even the emotions that we feel as human beings, the disappointments, the sadness. He cried when he heard that his friend Lazarus had, had died even though he knew he had the power to raise him from the dead. He agonized in the garden, knowing what his fate was, knowing what was going to happen to him in just a few hours. As a human being, the pain and the agony and suffering he would feel, he felt that, just as you and I would feel that. He felt the sadness of the betrayal of a friend. And the denial of a friend, just like you and I do, we've all had those experiences. We've had people betray us. We've had people deny us. We've had people hurt us. Especially, you know, the prayer I was praying today in in uh, midday prayer, the psalm, and I forget the number. Forgive me. I'm so Catholic. Um, I could I could basically I'm going to going to not not uh, say it verbatim. I'll paraphrase here but uh, basically I could take this from an enemy I could take this from a stranger when you my close friend do this to me that's when it hurts Imagine you know we know that I you know we 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 could take being you know lied about or 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 calumniated or, or you know whatever the situation might be by someone who we consider an enemy or someone who's not a friend or someone who doesn't like us, but when a person to whom you entrust your friendship and your heart, and they do that, wow. Well, so Jesus knows, he understands that. So we believe and we trust and have faith in him who loves us. You know, we know in our lives, the people we have, who we love, our spouse, our children, our grandchildren, people who would just you would do anything for and love from here to the moon and back, you know. And, but the love that God has for us is beyond our human understanding. That's just an inkling, an inkling, teeny the love that we feel for each other, yeah, our family, our spouse, our children, grand, grandchildren. That's just an inkling of the love that God has for us. So certainly, the faith we have in Him, the trust we place in Him, knowing that He is here to help us, are we living that faith? Are we, you know, people? People will laugh at us. People will will will. They don't fully understand <laughs> that kind of faith, that kind of trust, because they're not there yet. But those of us who have lived our lives in this way, and we've tried, and we've had to. Uh, express that trust and that faith in in circumstances that, you know, looking back, not so bad, but going through it, not so easy, right? To have faith. Okay, I trust Jesus. I trust in you. I don't know how you're going to do this. I don't know how you're going to get me out of this. I don't know how you're going to change the situation, but I trust in you. I trust you. And he always comes through. It may not always be the way we expect. It may not always be the way we think it should be, but he wants nothing but the best for us and the ultimate being to be with him forever in heaven. It is that for which we were created. So as we live this life and we are asked to have faith, we're asked to have trust, Jesus said to the man whose hand had been withered for years, he couldn't open it. That was the problem. (laughs) That that, that was his issue. I can't do this. Jesus said, come up here. Stretch out your hand. Now, the man could have said, what are you, nuts? I I, I I can't do that. But he didn't. He trusted. And it's because he trusted and believed and had had faith that he was able to open that hand. So whatever our situation is, whatever your situation is right today, my friends, you need to know, and we need to know, that Jesus asks us to do even the ordinary thing that we think we can't do, but that's not the theme. What? That's not the way it should go. <laughs> I thought, maybe not. I don't know. Anyway, my friends, I got to go, so we'll leave it at that. And uh, I want to thank you for being a part of my day today. God bless you, and uh, let's pray for each other. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening God bless you and God love you.